Yeah, yeah, you're back with your boy Silkman, El Doso, Leone, Swa, Air, Silky, your silkiness, the Macho Man, Silky Savage, Nature Boy, Silk Flair, Big Silk Dog in the building with my compadre as always. It's your boy Louie Newton, the people's champ, the resident RZA of the podcast. You, you know all the rest. Yeah, yeah. So Anthropophagy been on a bit of a hiatus. Season 2 coming very soon to your head tops in 22. But in the meantime, check out these Atlanta Season 2 recaps. All right, you're here with Anthropophagy. I'm the intellectually hood Louie Newton, and you got the Sambo and the Bando over there, uh, Chocolate Silky. <laughs> wow, Sambo and the Bando. Yeah, we take it off the top. All right, all right, all right. No, that's no, cool, man. I can keep we're it going. We're here with. We about to get into this um, episode three, season two, Money Bag Shorty of Atlanta. Oh, man. And what I'm going to do, like, we're going to try a little something something a little bit different. I'm going to read the uh, plot summary via, uh, what, Wikipedia. So, in this episode, along with earning social media attention from an angry white mom who is clearly not as upset with the song's expletives, or sexual references as its one line of support for Colin Kaepernick. Paperboy's newest single goes gold. So Earn decides to take Van out for a night on the town to celebrate. Meanwhile, Alfred and Darius visit Clark County in the studio to record guest verses, but are asked to leave by Clark County's crew when the audio engineer has technical difficulties. Um... It's implied that the engineer is going to be savagely beaten. It says that, savagely beaten. Savage. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Van's evening is marred by three racist incidents where places believe he's using counterfeit $100 bills or won't let him pay cash at all. So Earn chooses to go to a strip club with Van, Alfred, Darius, and Tracy. The club ends up burning through Earn's money that oh, burning through more money than Earn intended, leaving him frustrated. After some reassurance from Alfred, Earn tries to salvage the night and his pride by racing Michael Vick, playing himself. They really got Michael Vick in that bitch in the club's parking lot, but ends up losing the foot race. He took all the L's in this episode. So that's the summary. And you want to kick it off? Yes, indeed. Uh, this is Chocolate Silky here. I am not the Sambo in the bando. <laughs> I, I am Sammy Davis Jr., the Silky Man can, like the Candy Man back in the day. So let me excuse this this hotep ass nigga over here. <laughs> but uh, off the top, man, thought this episode was excellent. I thought, you know, she came off as this Megyn Kelly pretend outrage type of lady in the, in the initial part. And it was the, the part that the, the part that I enjoyed the most is like the most because like the, the lyrics before were heinous. Like he's like, what do you want to say? Sell fentanyl, recent pits, <laughs> more guns, more drugs. And she's like, this is when it get, really gets dark. I still might have to slap a trick. Shout out, Colin Kaepernick. 
Like that word, like, you know, she is someone who has just been sucking at the teat of Fox News and all of that bullshit for so long that Kaepernick is the Kaepernick is the Al Sharpton of our day now. Like think of Al Sharpton like in the 90s. That's how people think of Colin Kaepernick. This light skin right. ass nigga that with braids that played football in Nevada. This harmless ass nigga. Who didn't even vote, by the way. They look at him like Marcus, Marcus Garvey. So I thought that was funny. And then right. I was thinking, like, damn, this nigga got bars, man. This nigga paper boy, like, that shit was. That yeah, shit he was did. Like, if, if that was a song, I'd play that shit, man. I, I, I would add that to the playlist. But look, did you peep how she was so offended? Like, it, this whole thing came about because she got in the car and that came on the radio. That song was on the radio. So she was offended by that, but. Yet she looked up the lyrics and is singing the unedited version with her daughter sitting right behind her. <laughs> and saying nigga, by the way. And saying nigga. Like, Damn. Like, that all, really all of that stuff. They, they don't say that shit on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> but you saying that shit now in front of your daughter. Yeah, that, that shit was... But, which brings... you you. It's no more to add to what you said. You broke that shit down. But then it goes right into the... Uh, after she starts crying, you get the uh, well, who was that? Two chains told that bitch you motherfucking right. <laughs> like she said, this is what was on, and that shit just dropped, and that shit just literally like I felt it in my soul, man. Like wanna, this show is so goddamn black. You want to know what that echo to me though? Like in right. recent memory of is Kendrick Lamar when he had. Uh, a lot of Fox News voiceovers and excerpts mm-hmm. on his songs just showing the absurdity of, and the hypocrisy of their fake outrage you know is is what that was pointed to and yeah that was perfect to start off told that bitch you motherfucking right <laughs> so that was a per- like another great like whoever is a part of that music direction whoever's behind that shit is fucking genius like the way they use songs in this in this show so yeah so that's a great bro segue it, into it, the it, intro of the of the of the episode go ahead it's Donald Glover. Like, right. like I, I, know. I see his fingerprints, like his style all over this shit, man. Like, it, 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 this thing's making this show for me specifically. Like, he's like, what was this nigga <laughs> Louis doing over there? Like, what, what did he want to see? He basically put that shit down in this episode. This is my favorite episode of the entire series, bro. I love this shit. And I, I didn't even have to watch the whole episode to get that. Let me say, like, I didn't have to watch the whole episode. So, I knew this was my favorite episode when they said, okay, we're we going to drink to, I'm going to bring you some shots and shit, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to bring you some more. And then he said, white he tears. slammed the shot to white tears. Okay. <laughs> like, that's when it became my favorite episode, bro. All right. There we go. Now I think we have, you know, um, so this perfunctory inter- Flaming fanboy moment by Louis Newton for Childish Gambino has been brought to you by 1800 Tequila, also <laughs> known as White Tears. Mm. But we're going to make it to Patron because niggas, niggas don't drink 18 no yeah, more, man. Don't like, drink 1800. <laughs> niggas drink Patron. Like, that's a very, that is a very, 
very, very. All right. So to our love, our white, all our white listeners out there, if you having a party and like you, you want to bring a drink, don't, don't bring the 18. Like niggas don't drink that. No, get the Patron. Like, if you're looking to pass, I'm a, I'm a friend of the real nigga test. Bring Patron, not 1800. <laughs> so yeah, back to that white tear. So that's the thing. So this whole point of using ray outrage in the media to promote things. So seeing how that played out for him, like her actually helping him. And it actually helped her too. Cause she may be one of those type of soccer mom ladies that's trying to get her shy by being this outrage. She might be playing that same game. Did you think of that? This white lady? It doesn't I mean, matter. Like, it they're does. always going to. It like, does matter. Fox, no, we'll News is all, Fox News is always going to find, like, that virus. It, it's some shit. Well, you know what? Normally, it's a black person. Like, they, they if they're talking about some black people, they're going to go searching for that one black person who's echoing their views. And they're going to trumpet them out and basically have them tap dance for them for a little bit before they cut back to the white people to really start throwing the ridiculous claims out there. Like, so it's always going to be those. All right. So that's not my point. What I am saying, let me make my point here, is she makes this video talking about how she is so outraged by this song. That video goes viral. People like us here are like, oh, she a fool. You know, she's just somebody like fake outrage. White people that agree with her see her as a hero. She's becomes a Tommy Lauren type of person. But that same outrage helps promote his song. He goes gold. So I kind of think there's this symbiosis where they're sort of in it together. Because Paperboy is like, I almost was going to send her a gift. But she was slick. Hey, no. That's my yeah, point. That's my All right, point. But yeah. And yeah, that that, that this new media extent. This new like, like let, let me finish. This new, like we were talking about offline, this new decentralization of media that every nigga is a star. Like she can go viral having outrage about a song, the way Tommy Lauren can go viral for singing the hook to a fucking 21 Savage song and use that to start a platform. Is is the same okay. that's what I'm talking about. It's just right, more so of a yeah. theory thing of like seeing her from a different view of not as just some some foolish white tears, white privileged woman, but as somebody who's savvy seeing the media game and finding a way to get up in there. That's all I'm saying. And yeah, that that could be attributed to certain people like a Tommy Lauren, but you, you gotta think about it. Look at the example we have of Tommy Lauren with Charlemagne. She came on the Breakfast Club and that shit was exactly what you just described for both of them but it comes with you gotta look at the backside too so Charlemagne got drugged for that and that's Tommy Lauren like she's she has a certain level of credibility it's not high but a certain level this lady wouldn't have that so for somebody to put that to put the megaphone to that and give her a platform they would be considered irresponsible. Okay. So, yeah, so it, it wouldn't it's be more like of a, a theory. It's more of a theory. So we can't. Yeah, no, no. And it, it, it worked. That's why I said in certain instances yeah. that would work. But like with this shit, like, no, this is like, I believe she was really fake outraged. And what I mean, what I mean by really fake outraged is 
she believes the rage in her soul. She she believes she's really outraged, but by her actions, you can see that it's Passion from miles away. Passion with the things you say. <laughs> That's that passion. That's a little preview to our segment. Is it green or is it purple? Do you want that purple stuff? She up there sipping that purple stuff. It tastes good, but it is not healthy. Right, <laughs> it is not healthy. Purple stuff. But like speaking of beverages, let's move on to white tears and that and that oh. lovely, lovely concept in the lexicon. But like like I said, my eyes lit up when when I saw that. Like that that's gonna be my new go to toast. Like, like white tears. In, in, in any type of celebratory moment, like I get a promotion, I know it's some white dude in the background who's like. Why is he so sad? Why does he get? Uh, I'm white to white tears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm white. What's what's going on? Like so. All right, for for our for our audience out here, white tears and, and how I perceive that term to be is that white people. You have had you have been historically winning. You are like if this was like the the NBA. You are like the Boston Celtics of the NBA. Historic, always winning. You cut off. Oh, damn. What the fuck happened? See, that's right, what I'm talking about white tears, man. That's a, Maybe that's a conspiracy. Maybe I need to leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. Evil white people, man. Evil. Well, it's, not, it's this sense of entitlement and, like, I've been winning for so long, I'm always supposed to win. I don't need to compete. Everything's supposed to go right for me. That's the that's that's what white tears are, ladies and gentlemen. And anytime we have success, there is always some white person in the peripheral who thinks that we should not have that success just by sheer virtue of them being white. Ergo, white tears. Okay, so just to expound upon that, just a tiny bit. I I, I just want to throw this in on the back end. So when you're used to privilege. And no, used to isn't a strong enough. When you're accustomed to privilege, yes. like you've grown up in it, that is your reality. Equality feels like oppression. So yes. when you get a taste of that equality, it feels like you're being oppressed and you lash out. And, and to people who have empathy, they can understand what's going on in that situation. Like, now, and by the people who have empathy, I'm talking other white people. Like, white people who have empathy and they understand the history of our country, like, they, they, they're fine. It's the ones who have no frame of reference mm-hmm. and, is, and they're just indulging in this abundance of fucking privilege they have without even realizing it. They're not intentionally doing it, but that's what it is. So when that gets threatened, they lash out and they cry those tasty white tears that I pour and I toast with every time I overcome some bullshit. Yeah, if you've if you've ever in your mind ever said anything and were referenced to slavery by saying, well, you never thanked us for the boat ride, we drink to your <laughs> white tears every day. <laughs> we toast to your white tears. Salute. All right, salute. 
All right, now that so so that that there's an interesting dichotomy in that scene. So what, what we're referring to is referring to the opening scene when Earn and um, Paperboy and Darius are celebrating his his latest single, Going Gold. They toast to white tears. Then you have a young gentleman that comes up who thinks his uh, by giving a shot and by saying, "Put me on." Mm. I'm trying to get like you. I need this shit is enough for him to be successful. So you have this thing where black people, black people do this, where this type of perception of like, <laughs> we all supposed to work together. Come on, bro. Right. We supposed right. to be brothers. So right after that, like, hey, I just won this battle against this white woman. Here comes a nigga trying to pop up, trying to get in on his shit. And I, I love the way he was like, nigga, fuck, fuck you. I'm talking paper boy. Then, uh, <laughs> then Earn's like, okie dokie. But, right. but low key, it wasn't as cool as I thought it was. On second view of him looking up at Earn, there was a, a little bit of anxiety in that look. Like, I think that relationship is still a bit frayed, man. And we could get oh. into that a little bit further as far as wait, like, hold on, being hold on, hold a manager uh, for, for oh. paper boy. Oh, wait. Explain who you talk about with the look. Like whose look? Whose look of anxiety? Like what? what do you I'm mean? talking about when the when the when the bartender says or the server says "fuck you." I'm talking to Paperboy, right. and right. Earn says "okie dokie," and he right. looks at he looks at Paperboy. It's it's not a look of confidence. Like this is my you know he got my back. It's more of a look of oh. Like, because remember the other the, the the previous episode, they go to the streaming service and he's not really feeling this arrangement and what's going on. So right. There was already this kind of like, and then you saw in that episode as well that we can talk about further with uh Clark County talking about like his manager and like, hey, if he ain't treating yeah. you right, like so yeah, so go ahead, man. That's but see, that I, I, I I'd have to watch that part again. I didn't get that vibe at all that you like I, I didn't peep that what I got was this nigga is completely irrational he was super loud in that densely oh no not this sparsely pop- populated bar like it was like six people in there he yelled at the top of his lungs fuck you I'm talking <laughs> to paper boy <laughs> like in that point I, I was like okay and he's like Earn, he voiced like the same thing that went through my head. Like, okie dokie, you, you, you handle that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I see no anxiety. I, I seen him taking himself out of that, out of that whole situation. Like, yeah, yeah, what? Oh, all right, all right, go ahead, nigga. Like, fuck it. But the the put me on shit. That that's kind of and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but. It brought me back to, uh, I don't even remember what episode it was, but remember when they got out of jail and they got the, the uh, chicken with the lemon pepper? Wet? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like, and, and that like dude any was, type of con- in- convenience you give me, like that's like going to be my way of being a, a, a star, get put on. You gave me extra ice or some shit. Right, it, it, exactly, but further than that, like, it's the it's the energy like it it's not just a hey put me like they serious <laughs> like like it's like an intensity behind that that you you it, it, it makes it uncomfortable like if you were in that position yourself you definitely looking over your shoulder because 
this nigga told you to put him on and you didn't and you had no intention to and he's gonna feel some type of way about that like that that's the type of energy they was putting off and i love how they had these little callbacks like it it, it's just expertly directed or written yeah written and directed like this it's that real deal yeah i mean to that point because it's Sadly, in this new media, social media age of Instagram and getting getting hot off of Twitter, niggas can say, like, he ain't put me on or create some bullshit, uh-huh. these fake beefs. Like, you always hear songs about niggas talking about, like, you know, when niggas get on, niggas don't even know what they want to beef about. They just mad Bro. that you ain't put them on and shit like that. That was the actual beef. That's what really started the... Uh Meek Mill and Wale beef because Meek Mill was saying, "Oh, you ain't retweet my fucking album release." Like he, he was on that. Shit. I think Drake was, this, the, same that was the same thing with Drake. Yeah, that he didn't tweet his album or some bullshit. Like, nigga, I did a song with you. I'm busy. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, nigga. That shit is legit, man. But yeah, back to the whole you know, put me on thing. I mean, I don't really have, I mean, that's, that's an, you know, people, you know, that, that's, that's a real thing. Um, and, and it kind of, and to the point of, I remember seeing him do an interview on Colbert where low key, like he was playing Colbert, but he was, uh, Don, I'm talking about Donald Glover, um, Donald okay. Glover did an interview with Colbert and like he was Ooh. playing him on his interview low key. Like he was holding the shit out of Colbert, like, like subtly, like, I gotta see that. Yeah. But anyway, he was talking about how he likens his show more to curb your enthusiasm. Um, and, and, and what I feel, huh? More curb, more more curb than Seinfeld. Yeah, uh, it, because uh-huh. it's more because it's it it's a it's a show that's beyond the veil. It, it, it gives you a sense of beyond the veil of what hood stardom really means. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like like okay. like Larry David gives you a sign of like what being famous and being this mm-hmm. orthodox this type of person really means. It, it kind of like yeah. demystifies it. So he's demystifying kind of hood like relationships that other black right. people have with these in yeah. these neighborhoods are trying to get put on this that. perception of like nigga we black we supposed to be brothers and that kind of thing yep. like doing it in a humorous fucking way so that you know I, I, right. yeah, I really appreciated that element of that of that of that uh you know that scene so where does that take Wait, us you next know? well go ahead alright so you, you know what though like this, this, this is the last thing on this put me on thing but Every nigga in the world has heard that phrase. Like, it could be, oh yeah, I just started uh, working at this job. This shit straight as hell. Blah blah blah. Oh, oh, oh straight. Hey, 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 put me on. Right, like right. that's some legit shit you've heard. Like, bro, okay. all the time. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what. If you get a girlfriend, niggas like, hey, she got some friends. Uh, nigga. Put me on. Put me nigga. on. <laughs> that's like I didn't I think about that shit, but that, that's some legit ass shit everything you everything. have to deal with that when you grow it up and then it get to a point like you my age where it's like you're around you don't know anything so they can't do that until they right. start getting to know you like this is one nigga from Detroit shout out my nigga do comedy down here that's my nigga but as he met me, he's like, hey, nigga, there's this comedy show in, on Sundays in Austin. I give you a little gas money if you ride me out there. I'm like, nigga, I just met your ass an hour ago. 
Put him on. Oh, right. <laughs> like, nigga. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, but look, so that takes us to the next scene where uh, Aaron is going to town. He, he, he buried face deep. He's swimming in van. <laughs> yeah. It goes it go to the bedroom. No. Oh, wait. No, I, I skipped ahead. See, I, I watched the, I, I watched two episodes at a time. So I'm like, all right, no. That, it goes to he's laying in the bed. And it's like they uh bringing the mail. Van's bringing the mail in. And she said, oh, you get all your shit sent to me. He's like, no, just the important shit because I trust you. That hit me in the heartstrings like that. I'm like, yeah, like I, I, I love that they, they showing that black love on there, but it gets into the running theme that they will continue to dive into and in, throughout the rest of the episode, and that is niggas getting stunted on, right. niggas getting stunted on, and it's. And it's an interesting dichotomy because it's something that, you know, I always speak of and something that really, you know, shout out to Donald Glover, shout out to his whole, uh, you know, artistic landscape because it speaks to, you know, uh, in all fairness, me and it's like there's this certain more so to me because and I'll get into that a little bit. Like, I see your face. Listen, man, just just chill out. Just chill out. Chill out. All right. Relax. So. There's a certain like I there's a certain aesthetic. You have black guys. J. Cole kind of talked about it in, in For Your Eyes Only, where you have black guys that can play that role and look mainstream. They're a little off kilter. They listen to rock music. They dress a little, you know, kind of corny. And then you got the ones that always been on, like had to, you know, for us, they always had the Cardis. They had the Iceberg. They had the fucking NASCAR jacket. They had the fucking Rockports. They had all that shit. Right. They can go around and look like a dope boy. I never could look like a dope boy. <laughs> That's my point. I was the guy okay. getting studied on. You two a bit of a degree, but you were more of like a Darius kind of guy that you up in there. Like you and the yeah, you and the fuck you jitting at the fucking tech man party. I'm standing around like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> so now you see my point. So, yeah, okay, that's legit. So it speaks to the dichotomy of being a black man, like in black culture of like, are you, it's that whole thing of like acting white or acting this or acting that, that he touches on with that whole getting stunted on thing. And and that, and it, and it brings us to some very, very interesting, thought-provoking and hilarious moments. Uh, first of them being going to a fucking movie theater and all, you know, how they're trying to elevate the movie theater experience. You want to talk about that? Ooh. Uh, well, like, n- not really. If you do, you can get into that. What I want to talk about, though, what really irks me was as soon as he heard a her, her $100 bill and she said, oh, we don't accept this. Bitch, you a movie theater ticket. Theater ticket. Twenty dollars, right? It's two people, like people paying forty. That you got change for that, right? Yeah. Then they like, oh, the debit card, but we have to take a. Uh, we need your ID, and we have to make a photocopy of your debit card and, and your, your ID. ID every time you swipe. Have you ever heard of that? 
I've never heard of that's nothing why, like that. Like, that sounds like something that they would make you do. I would never have to do that, so that's why I'm asking you <laughs> if you ever Fuck experienced you, that. <laughs> you know, and they would have hell to pay, man. I, I say, but so they but, they tell them that, and like immediately, my hackles are up, just like his are. Like, like oh, so, yeah. I, I, I'm feeling like so. Van, she's like, oh no, it, it, it's cool. I got the cash. She's like, you know what? No, fuck you. Put that back in purse. We gonna find something else to do because this is some bullshit. Like so, like it was. And at that point in the episode, I didn't see where it was going, so I didn't know if I was tripping or if like this shit was really happening. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it was a very and 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 one thing that I want to talk about a lot, you know, in in the show is this was heavy handed symbolism because it was booked in right there. Like you said, you were left with this kind of question of "Am I tripping?" No, you clearly weren't because right after that, this NR mm-hmm. this car carrying NRA mainline and Rush Limbaugh Patriot Radio motherfucker comes right up, flashes a hundred fucking dollar bill for one ticket. The lady gladly yep. takes it. One ticket. He walks up, you know, Ern walks up just to get some understanding. The guy, you know, pulls, shows his gun like a lot of white guys do, like when they're fucking flashing a cell phone or a pager. Look, so he didn't just walk up and like, he walked up and he was, he was kind of, he was being personable. He was saying, oh, uh, yeah, excuse me. Uh, I, I just want to let you know, I just tried to pay with a hundred and, and that's as far as he got. Because the dude didn't even look at him. He was still looking at the cashier, opened his jacket up to expose his fucking big-ass pistol that he got on his hip. And at that point, I was like, yeah, okay, now it's time to go. But go, go ahead. I just want to oh, give yeah, a listener yeah. a full picture. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and that, that can get into a whole other thing about how this, basically, the NRA is the nigger repellent administration. And that ah. this whole white guys carrying guns is just their way of having it, it's just a fucking goddamn like I don't even want to get into it, but it's basically compensating for some bullshit and it's so ridiculous that we get shot over this the appearance of maybe having a gun, but they get to walk around with goddamn Coke forty fives on a fucking waist like this is the wild wild west at a goddamn movie theater. All right, let, let, let me uh, let me salt bay my little whole teppiness in just for one moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna just sprinkle a little whole. I, I, I ain't going for a whole tep. I'm just sprinkling a little bit of whole tep. So, <laughs> that, 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 that's, the, that's what I'm doing right now. If you can see me, I'm, I'm salt baying the whole tep right now. So look. We all seen the Philando Castile video. We all know everything about that shit. Like, and they put the NRA on blast with that shit. Like, they were saying, like, he was follow- he was well within his rights. He did everything right. He was doing what the officer said. He was following directions. NRA, where are you to support the his gun rights? Right. No statements ever. Mm-hmm. I personally was not surprised me knowing a little bit about a little bit I remember that well, okay let, let, let me pre- preface that with saying the NRA is against any and all gun regulations they don't want like 
if there was a fucking bill to prevent people from getting rocket launchers, they would be against that shit. (laughs) It's your second amendment. Like that, that's just their de facto stance. They're against any and all regulation on guns. So unless it's specifically targeted at black people. Cause I remember when the black Panthers marched on the Capitol and they they just were exercising their right, just like the white people you just described. Right. Just carrying long shotguns. It wasn't even assault rifles. Like they, they just marched on Washington and the NR like they had the NRA sponsored a fucking bill to eradicate that law to stop them from being able to do that. Yeah. That's the only time that they were for any type of fucking reduction in gun rights when it's black people. So I wasn't surprised with the Philando Castile. So let me step off of my soapbox. Yeah. Like, fuck the NRA. Fuck that new bitch who's not qualified to... Daddy Compassion with a goddamn AK-47. In a, in a, she, she is basically the... She is, the, she is made sentient a fucking Sports Illustrated cover edition wearing a goddamn bathing suit with an AK-47 standing on top of a NASCAR fucking car. She's a goddamn And, and you know what you just described? What? And shout out to Quentin Tarantino. I fucks with him as a director. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable with the the, the, the use of the nigger. Like, he likes to say nigger. Like, he does. But <laughs> I fuck with all of his work. What was that movie with him, Sam Jackson, Pam Green? Jackie Brown. When they had the fucking videotapes of the fucking white ladies standing on tanks shooting AK-47s, like, and that's how these motherfuckers was buying their guns for those tapes. <laughs> like, it were, she's one of those models. Like, not even the pr- person who produces it. She's a fucking, the, the, just a model. Like, has she even been to college? Like, no, I, I think, no, she, no, has no. she has not. She has not oh. been to college. But that's perfect for their target audience. Mm-hmm. She's not an educated liberal. <laughs> Just leave it to Beaver, because Hugh Beaumont is dead, ladies and gentlemen. But back to the Atlanta episode. So we go yeah, from the first. Tent. We go from we go from the first affront that uh, Earn feels in his attempt to stun on people. Um. A little bit about um, the way I, I do want to touch on a little bit about like movie theaters and, and how we've set up these sort of uh, segmentation. Me being an economist by trade, this this market, this consumer segmentation based upon preference and preference and privilege where um, uh, Ern's girlfriend, what's her name? Help me out again. What's her name? Van. Van. Uh, Vanessa, initially, she's complaining to Earn about one of her friends buying a VIP ticket, so they got stunted on. And then they go to the movie theater, just a regular-ass movie theater, just go see a movie. You got you buy liquor at a movie theater now. They, they t- they're they trying to do everything in there, have food, yeah. liquor, but then also... I'm all for it. But then also, they have this thing called VIP passes within the movie theater so there's all these the, the way culture is sort of shifted well it probably never really shifted but the way our society now is is like do you want the uber xl or do you want the uber <laughs> this do you want this right. preference seating or do you want that 
do you want, you know, like, like if you're a regular nigga, uh, do you want to be special? Right, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so, you know, now moving on to another scene about just this kind of, you know, segmentation within the black community. Like, you have two artists, you have Paperboy, you have Clark Ooh. County in the studio. I let Louis Newton tee this off. Cause you know I wash him in the bar, so I let him talk about this studio. Give him a little shine. This little studio scene here. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, and again, I get your process. Like you, you, you got to do that. But to the listeners, that has never in history happened. You can tell he's insecure because he has to preface it with the oh yeah, I wash him. Never happened. Like it's just like <laughs> our bars on ten. Like it's, it's not. Anyway, so they get into the studio, and the, the first thing I know is like I, I was I, I was vibing with it. I'm like, okay, I'm enjoying these two rappers who didn't know each other interact, and it's no beef, and they just it's all love. I, I was enjoying that, like, but then it got a tiny bit uncomfortable. Like he was like, oh yeah, I got the weed. He's like, oh no no no, I don't really smoke weed. No, that's cool. I'm like, oh. I enjoyed that. I like the fact that this successful ass rapper was saying, no, he don't do that. Right, right. He's very yeah. focused. It's like, the, you know, he has exactly. the, I know there's all these vices out here, but I'm on some, yep. I'm on some Jaden Smith type shit with mine. I'm on some right. Big Sean type shit. Yeah, so after that, like, and that I was thinking the same thing. And the reason he did it, he said, because I got to preserve my voice. I'm like, oh, this nigga's serious. I, I fucks with him. Like he 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 was my man at that point, but then he was like, okay, okay, I, I paperboy. I mean, he was like, yeah, okay, I, I I thought you might say that, but that's why I got this hand. And then he was like, oh shit, he you brought got the hand. hand, you brought the hand out, my nigga. He's doing twirls and shit, like he just cheerleading his hand so hard and shit, only to say, but I don't really drink. So this reminds me, so let, let me take this to just a, a personal thing. Like, so, you know, I went to school at Wayne State for undergrad, but then I went up to Michigan State for grad school. So there's this, you know, me growing up in our neighborhood, I'm the nerd. I'm sitting on the porch, we're reading Gifted Hands, going to the library, yeah. riding bikes and shit, doing nerdy shit. But you go out there. This is whole other different type of black person that grew up in the suburbs who parents had good ass government jobs, which is what this nigga is, that don't drink, right. that don't smoke, that got into this rap game on some kind of like Motown, make all this money, but not really live right. that life type of shit. Right. So that's how I'm looking at him. So I'm thinking he's cool. I'm seeing no problem with the way he's acting because that's how people mm. were acting towards me when I was up in, up in like college and shit. Niggas like from like Okemos and shit that didn't smoke or drink or do anything like that. Look at anything oh. I did as being like this hood thing or whatever when it was just normal to okay. us like drinking him right. or whatever. Like they're right. just so right. religious, so straight and narrow. Yeah, yeah okay. I, so I yeah, that's you. what I'm saying. So I didn't see any issue with him at that point. All right, so yeah, it, maybe it's because you was brush, you was brushing shoulders with them type of dudes, like. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I, I've been around people who don't drink or don't don't partake in this or that. I have no zero problem. I didn't have a problem with him up until this point. Like I'm about to tell you the point when I'm like, ooh, it just it, it was just like, ah, I don't know about this thing, <laughs> like, and it was right here. So 
after he was all excited about the hand, he was like, but I don't really drink hand. That, that's still cool. That that was weird how excited you got to not drink that hand. That was definitely it weird. It was more of like but, laughing at what I'm saying about that. It was him like, it's an inside joke of him and like his preppy suburban ass like, oh, they, mm, they drink hand. Oh, right. he the oh, hand. Oh, like he a clown. Like it's, it's right. that type of thing. That was the like, energy oh. with that. Oh, like it, it, it was some. Oh, look, look, he, he brought the hand just like it says in the encyclopedia. Exactly. <laughs> yep, just like it says it right. right. I didn't even peep that. Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay, so look, so this is when I had the fucking problem with him. This is when I'm like, nah, man. He got in the booth. He started rapping his uh, little bars or whatever. Like a and bird, like a bird, bird, bird. Bird, To the plug, like what's the word, word, bird, bird, bird. To the earth, pull up to the curb. Swerve, swerve, swerve. Hennessy plus the herb, plus the herb, herb, herb. herb look, herb. I just bought a dinosaur like Nicholas Cage. <laughs> but look, all right, all right, Paul. So he just said, like, he just turned down the weed to paperboy shit. He turned down the weed, he turned down the hen. But then you go in the booth and you like, oh yeah, I got the Hennessy and the herb, herb. And when he said that, paperboy looked up. Right, and, right. And, and this is why this fucking shit is so powerful to me. This is why it resonates so much because in every single scene, I see myself. Like, paperboy's reaction was my reaction. I looked up like, nigga, what? My if reaction would have been if, Darius's reaction, like stuffing young lad. Stuffing young lad. <laughs> that's why this show works. Right. right. But in my like I saw Paperboy I, I, I made the face and I saw Paperboy making my exact same face and I'm like, right. yeah, this is some bullshit. What the fuck? Nigga, <laughs> this just be you, man. But so then it, it goes on like what happens is the uh something happens with the um the engineer and the it it fucks up like it crashed the system crashed so he just gets dark for a second like uh yeah that shit can't happen again bro I I, I I ain't playing with you. <laughs> he like, you know I love you right? You know I love you. He like yeah 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 it's cool like and he explained what happened. He like. I would never put a hand on you. But I'm not the, only, I'm not the only motherfucker in the world with hands. But no, he and, didn't even say it that strong. He said, I'm not the only one with hands. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, <laughs> you know, he's like this. He's like a little Michael Jackson. He's like a little Bruno Mars rapping nigga. So he's not yeah, a he's like, He looks like a little Bruno Mars. A motherfucker. Ray Schmer, Sherman, Sherman. I don't know how to say that nigga. Exactly. Yeah, he's like <laughs> one of them Schmer, type. kind of young, having fun. But hey. I looked at that like I know you looked at that like oh I lost respect for this dude. I'm I'm kind of looking at this from the prism of this is a middle class kid that knows his history, knows the relationship between black people and white people, knows how to use them and work with them, and knows when he can crack that whip. He could be perceived as like this like this punk or whatever like that's just using like just like has his boy that does his dirty work type of stuff. He could be. But I was looking at it from a standpoint. This dude, this young man knows his history and he knows, hey, I'm paying you a lot of money. That can't happen. This shit's supposed to work. And if it don't work, that's your ass. Okay. I I, I get that. Well, look, I want to back it up just a little bit though. Let's let's take it back to just the 
the part where he was he went straight into the Hennessy and weed that he doesn't partake in. Like uh-huh. when, like on my se- second viewing, because I watched it the first time, I just watched it all the way through. And then I watched it one more time before we started recording. So like, on my second time, it got a little bit deeper. I was thinking, <laughs> is that just an inherent part of rap? Like, is it just, is that something that goes with the territory to exaggerate and brag and yes. all this ostentatious shit? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So, like, but I, I thought about us. Like, we used to freestyle. Like, we, we rapped all the time. We'd get together. We'd be in the basement and we, we'd just get to, we'd be rapping. And nothing we said was anything we ever did. We, no. I, I killed 195 <laughs> million niggas in my rap. <laughs> I, I haven't shot one person in real life. I haven't done that, but like, nigga, I've been listening to D Block since I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm looking at that. Then, I, then I think about Rick Ross. Like this, this nigga used to be a fucking correctional officer. Right. Like this, is, but he comes to the game like, oh, like I'm Rick Ross. I've been moving it up nine five since nine five. But then the real Rick Ross sue you and you squash that shit because you got more money like that. Nigga, you, you not that guy. But is that just the game? So. You could so here's here's what I this is my view when I look at at hip hop. Hip hop is a vehicle for culture, um, in the same way that Western movies and gangster movies were back in the day. Um, so I think it's perfectly fine that if you're talented, you can exaggerate your narrative to create content to speak for people that might not necessarily be you. Albeit, I do not agree with Rick Ross what he did, especially. When he did that at a disservice, someone who actually lived that life, I don't appreciate that. To the nigga whose name he stole. Exactly. (laughs) I don't appreciate that, but I'm not going to discredit someone who's a talented artist who makes up stuff in his rhymes. But I'll then go ahead and celebrate Al Pacino or Robert De Niro who put, that play a gangster when they grew up probably doing ballet and taking acting classes. So it's the same thing for me. I- All right. So for me, that's completely, completely different. So it should be. What? it's all entertainment. It shouldn't be. And I think that's a problem with like, like it's a line where Kanye said, nigga, selling clothes you would have thought I had help but they wouldn't be they wouldn't satisfied unless I picked the cotton myself this whole notion Ooh. that you couldn't rap you, about you it even, you know I fuck with Kanye that's a low blow you, you can't use Kanye against me <laughs> you know what I'm saying like this whole notion that you gotta live everything that you do no you can be creative you can have a thoughtful mind and create music like that was Jay-Z's knock against Nas talking so about nigga you ain't live it you scribbled it in your folks you scribbled yeah. it in your notepad Witnessed it from your folks' pad and created your life. Like, so what? He still made some dope-ass content that spoke to a generation. So that's why Nas is where he is. So there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. that's. I'm so glad you said that because that brings me into my next point. Like, it's a difference between witnessing it and living it. Like, Nas was the type who witnessed it. He penned it and... Since he was really there, you felt it in your soul. So it's like a hood journalist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Jay-Z, he was actually doing that shit. Some of the goats 
Like, it's people out there who rap in the shit, but they're actually doing it. Big actually did that shit. It's a lot of people who... Oh, Jeezy actually... Well, let me I, cut you off. I, let me cut you off at the pass, though. Because you just gave... You just said Nas gets credit because he was actually there. Rick Ross was a corrections officer. He was Bro, there. Listen, no, listen. No, 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 no. Please no. let me let me talk, man. Respect my thought. Respect oh, okay. my thought. Okay. Let me talk. <laughs> season two of The Wire. Season two of The Wire. They had it was a nigga moving weight out. The jail. He was bringing it in and was selling weight. He was a fucking corrections officer in season two of The Wire. So if Nas has a right to talk about criminality and thug life and being a kingpin, so does Rick Ross. Because so what if he was a corrections officer? 50 Cent, who demolished Ja Rule, he ruined that nigga's life. Oh, shit. Did not kill Rick Ross, even though he said, hey, he used to do the thing Officer Ricky. So you can't say that Rick Ross ain't real because he was a corrections officer. He might have been selling drugs as a corrections officer, like that nigga was in The Wire. But what I can say is I would respect the shit out of him if he was that nigga from The Wire as a rapper. Like, this is what I did. But he's not doing that. He said, nigga, I wasn't no correctional officer. Nigga, I was fell away. Wait, wait, he got the picture though that that's you in that uniform. <laughs> like he went the other way. Like, like just be you. Like you did that. That's you. If that's what you were doing, say that. Right. right. All I'm saying, say what you were doing. Right. Now right. I get the past because it seems like he was actually there. Like, right, it, right. yeah, he said some abstract shit, but it's to be taken as abstract shit. Like you, 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 you kind of. Oh, what happened? That same night, got his gas back. Time to backtrack. You you don't think that shit actually happened. But with Rick Ross, he trying to portray that, no, this is actually my life. I'm really Rick Ross. Nigga, it's Rick Ross in jail right now. Like, how you really Rick Ross? Touche. And ladies and gentlemen. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me this last thing, last thing. So, but you, and what I'm saying is you don't even have to be a hard, dope selling ass, I killed a million, or I, I respect you if you being yourself. Like, Drake, we just hit him with the passion fruit. Like, that, that's from Drake. Like, he doesn't try and be tough. He don't say he right. gonna kill nobody. Right. He say shit like, I'm more concerned with niggas thinking about Christmas in August do anything to buy gifts for their daughters. Like, he he's not struggling like it, but he's not saying that's me. Right. He's saying that the you know it's a difference. You've made like, your he's point. Being genuine. You've made your point. And this has been another conversion of thought brought to you by Converse, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Rick Ross is a total absolute fraud <laughs> who gets no <laughs> credit, no respect. For, for taking uh, Rick Ross's identity and lying about being a correctional officer and not being creative enough in his lyrics to talk about selling drugs as a correctional officer. Totally stole yeah. another person's identity. For that, you get no respect and no love. Thank you, Rick Ross. Hey, prayers go out to Rick Ross. Is it? Wait. Prayers out to him, I guess. Uh, I hope you're all right. Anybody Whatever. Die or hope you're good. No, he's good. He, nah, let's not let's let's not continue. To, to to do that. Let's let's move past Rick okay, Ross. Yeah, fuck that nigga if he alive. If he alive and well, fuck that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thoughts and prayers go out to you if you're not feeling good, but if you're alive and well, fuck you. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs>
All right, go ahead, man. <laughs> all right, back to what we were talking about. I, it, all right, so we was just talking about how he was treating this engineer. Like, how he was saying, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one with hands. Like, in the engineer nervous, like, he about to have his man because he had two big-ass goons in the fucking studio with Paperboy and Darius. So, like, when the shit cut off, they walked over to him like, hey, don't let that shit happen again, nigga. And you know it's serious when a big ass black dude called a little white dude a nigga. You know, you you know shit about to get real. <laughs> hey, um, so, yeah. So you I, said you like that? It's not that I like it. I understand it. I understand where this this kid's coming from, um, and I can tell. I it's alluded to throughout uh, what his his conversation with them. So they go there. He's got Harriet Tubman bills. <clears throat> and you want to know how he said he got them? His mom used to work for the government and she got them for him before she stopped working there. This reminds me of like a Big Sean type of dude whose mom was a no, teacher. No, Shut up, no. nigga. This reminds <laughs> me of this Big Sean type of dude whose mom was like a teacher or something. This is just a good kid who was talented. So what? Nigga. Say your shit, man. Go ahead. I'm going to let you finish. Go ahead. That Jack Daniels, man, like your your decorum's a little off here, sir. But anyway, that's why you need to be sipping the rosé like Silky over here. But anyway. Let me know. Let let me know when you finish, man. Yeah. Sounding crazy right now because you're not making any point. This is my perspective, and I think he was right with what he was doing. Like, what do you want? Like, you want to be this Wakanda pro-black motherfucker, but then you want to <laughs> sit up here and take up for the white man who was fucking up, who's getting all this money, and is making all of this money off of our fucking culture? You want to stand for him? What the fuck is wrong with you? You're oh. pissing me off with this bullshit, nigga. You claim to be black. You on some ashy bullshit over there. You on some African <laughs> debata bullshit right now, Louis Newton on this. Let me know when you finish. Fuck that shit. They gonna feel all this energy. You on some bullshit Ooh. right now, nigga. Go I, I, I like your energy. I, I, I like your energy. <laughs> Go ahead while I refill my rosé. Sambon took his tap shoes off and shit. Like, I, I like it. I like, I, I'm proud of you, man. I like to see you there. Like, this, this is the awesome uh, New Jersey Drive shit. This is where I want to see you, nigga. I like to see you there. But you're wrong as usual. So I'm in no way, shape, or form taking up for this white nigga. Like, and this, this is going to sound bad and sound kind of racist, but it's not. Like, <laughs> the white dude wasn't really even in my orbit. Like, he, he wasn't a, a real person. He didn't have that many lines. He he didn't register for me. I, I didn't think about him in the slightest. What I did see was an artist. I saw two artists in the studio, and one was cool. He had a chill vibe, and the other one was on some fake shit initially, and then got on some aggressive shit with a lesser person, like somebody who was subservient to him. Like, Paperboy was the guest. Like, he was a big star. He got a gold record. 
So he kind of kowtow on the paper board. He like, oh, you got the head. No, oh, no, yeah, no, no, you no. Wait, all right, all right. Let me finish. All right, he, right. Oh, you got that head. Oh, 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 this a real ass nigga in the studio. Let's make some hits. He on, he on that type of shit. Like, <laughs> and paper boy like, here, you want to hit the weed? He's like, oh, no, no, I don't smoke weed. He like, I, I don't really drink. Like, but then get in the booth. He talking all about the. And he talk about all about the week. So that's that's number one. Okay. Then he was all like smiles and giggles and laughing and cool. But some shit happened with engineering, and now he oh nigga, uh, he's super sick. Like he gonna beat this nigga ass. And my thing is, I I, I respect what you said. Like I I understand it. But if you got an engineer who isn't good at his job. You don't go Suge Knight on his ass. Yeah, you don't go Suge Knight. You dismiss him. You like, nigga, you fired. I'm getting somebody who can do the job. If you can't do the job, I'm going to get somebody who can. Yeah. That's what you tell that engineer. Like, nigga, get this shit right or I'll get somebody who can get it right. That's the correct way to handle that. That's the boss way to handle that. Not my nigga going to beat you up. Like, if the nigga ain't good at his job and your nigga beat him up, he gonna come to that bitch beat up and still be bad at his job. And like, he nigga, gonna you sue your ass now. You doing dumb shit. Yeah, he's, it, he's it, exactly. Shit. I, I, I wasn't even thinking about. I, I'm just talking about just the the type of mindset you have to have to treat somebody who can't, who isn't on your same level like shit. Like I think it was Muhammad Ali who said. Never trust a man who's nice to you but rude to the waiter because that's how he would treat you if you were in his position. Like, in Paperboy, he was looking at him the same way. Like, Paperboy is looking at him like, and I was, I had that same look on my face. But he's thinking the same thing I am. Me like that because you need me, but. You don't need this nigga, so you treat him like shit. If I wasn't shit, you would treat me that same way. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so I I, I totally get that. I understand that standpoint, and I view this this Clark County character as someone who he doesn't have all the answers. But I see him as a good kid from a good upbringing who was instilled in him that. You know, you got to walk twice as hard to get half as much as the white man. So anytime you got an opportunity to put your foot on a white man's neck, on his neck, put your foot on his goddamn neck. And you want to know how that has benefited him? You said that Paperboy was the bigger artist. He got the gold record. He the bigger artist. He's got a cow to the Paperboy. Absolutely false. This nigga got you commercials. This nigga... They refer like the the next scene. They're sitting up there talking, and Paperboy is is kissing his ass because Paperboy is talking about, "Hey man, you, I, I want to get that Fast and Furious." He was kissing uh, his soundtrack. ass. Yes, listen to me. Listen, okay, listen, nigga. He said, "I wanted to get that Fast and Furious soundtrack. I ain't get it, but I found out your ass got it though." Yo, how you be getting all these deals? Yo, how you, man, that, and then Darius was like, that YooHoo commercial was fire, yo. He was like, yeah, man. And then what What did uh, Clark County say? He said, yeah, man, commercials are hella lucrative, man. You got to get on that paper, boy. And then Darius said, hey, they wanted to get paper, boy, rap snacks. They, he didn't want to take it, though. Yeah, he was like, they wanted to give me 
cocaine white cheddar <laughs> as opposed to this nigga's doing Yuhu commercials. So Clark County is the bigger artist. Clark County is fucking racial murder or whoever. And Paperboy is like fucking Kevin Gates or something when we're talking about mainstream getting to the real money, getting fast and furious soundtracks. And one let one let me say this. One last thing. What did Clark County say? He said, as far as like that mainstream stuff, they don't really be looking out for niggas. It only be one spot for niggas, and I gotta go get it. So you up here sir, worried about this nigga not smoking hit this nigga not smoking or drinking. This nigga is making big money doing this fucking rap shit. This nigga's not in this shit to just be goofing around in a fucking studio. This nigga is serious about his paper and is going is like on some long-term shit with his success. So you can miss me with all that. He's sucking up Cowtown and the Papy Boy and all that bullshit. You can miss me with all of that. I fucks with Clark County. Okay. All right. So I I, I get what you're saying, but like from a higher perspective, because you know, I. <laughs> <laughs> that's just where I'm coming from. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. So, for, 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 my, for my higher perspective. <laughs> Go ahead. We both, like, I, everybody knows I, I'm, we're, we're from Detroit. We both from Detroit. You live in Houston. I'm still in the D or whatever. Well, actually, Farmington Hills, I, I done moved up to the. A good deluxe apartment on the west side. What, whatever. But T Grizzly, the only little Yachty song I know, the only little Yachty song I fuck with is the one with T Grizzly from the D to the A. Okay. Completely written by T Grizzly. That's like, fine. I, I, I haven't seen it anywhere. I didn't see that T Grizzly wrote the entire song, but listening to it, I can tell. So, that's the type of vibe that I think I'm sick. Like that's, that's the vibe. fine, but guess what? I'm gonna cut you off right there. Lil Yachty got Target. Lil Yachty got Sprite. Lil Yachty got Nautica. Lil Yachty that nigga. Hey, hey, come on, man. See, see, my 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 host here. He feels his point dissolving, so he's trying to interrupt on my time. But it's understandable. So, Lil Yachty. He doesn't have to fuck with T Grizzly, but he wants to fuck with T Grizzly because Little Yachty has Sprite. He has all this flashy shit, but what T Grizzly has is the streets. Yeah. Little, yo, wait, what's his name? Little Yachty, he doesn't have the streets. I'm the, the nigga who listens to the streets. Like, he doesn't have me. He's not on my radar until that point. And I heard that verse. I'm like, oh, Little Yachty kind of nice. Like what? Well, what else he got? Like so that's the cow town. It's not a okay, fair enough. It's, it's, it's not a I need you right. to live cow towing, but it's more to of get I need you for this demographic. Right. I need you for something. Yeah. You serve a purpose to me. Okay. That engineer is nothing. I can right. replace him right. instantly. Wow. Very so good. Very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that's the dynamic. Yeah. It was. It, 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 it wasn't like a oh paperboard oh I, I need to, I'm trying to get it. you know the other thing I got from that the other shit that made me feel uncomfortable just for a split second because they didn't linger on it but it might come back this motherfucker was on the same shit that the dude who came up to him in the bar was on the one who said put me on 
or the dude who was in the chicken frying place who said, uh, uh, whatever the fuck he said. I don't know. Oh, was on there with Paperboy? Bro, he, when, when he said, oh yeah, these labels, they don't put black people on. Like, it, it was that same vibe, bro. No. Like, he's looking, no, he he, looking no. to get put no. on. No. Yeah, let, me, let me finish. He's not in charge of his own shit. Like, he's looking to get put on by the majors. And he's saying the majors ain't putting people on. It's only one spot. And I got to fight. I got to tap dance on the tables to get that one spot from the majors. No. And what Paperboy is on is he's on. No, I don't got to get a nigga to put me on. Ain't nobody got to put me on. I'm going to build my own brand, build my own base. And I'm coming with that. And no. I'm going to be a nigga hustle. No. Like that, that, that's the vibe I got. Well, that's inaccurate because that's, that's not what I saw at all. He was sitting. Paperboy, no, listen, nigga. Listen, man. Listen, listen, man. Listen. Paperboy in that scene was looking for clues, was looking for tips on how to get the Fast and Furious fucking soundtrack, how to get the Yoohoo endorsements. This guy's already got it, and he makes a point of saying, my manager does the job well, which means that he knows how to use white people when he needs to use them. He's playing the bigger game, and he has the keys. And he's not saying, I got to tap dance to get it. He was saying from a competitive standpoint, I'm ruthless out here. I'm going to get, if there's a spot for me to get, there's an opportunity, I'm going to take it. That's what he said about that. And I think we should move past this, because we're going to keep going on and on. We got other stuff to talk about this episode. Yeah, yeah, like like, like that was the first class that we had that wasn't a conversion. Like you made a valid point for once. I, I, I respect it. <laughs> All right, whatever. So go yeah, move on, move on. So what's the next thing we're talking about? So where we at? Uh, so now this takes us back to the um, to to Van and Earl uh, um, going to the hookah bar. So the, their next move was the idea of going to the 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 Nigerian ran hookah bar, which I have a lot of familiarity with being down here in Houston. There's hookah bars really? everywhere, and most really? of them are ran by Nigerians, and there isn't a what? Middle Eastern in sight. I had no idea. Yes. Like, I, I really was about to ask you, have you ever been to a hookah bar? I, I've never been to one. I like have a hookah in my house, nigga. You when look I, like one of type niggas. No, when I met my wife, she just had a hookah. <laughs> she just had a fucking hookah. People just have hookahs at their house, man. It's like a, it's like a lamp down here, bro. Oh yeah, y'all on y'all on some whole other shit, man. And, but yeah, and like yeah, like back. a lot of these. That it's like it's it's a part of the the nightclub experience, man. Like you get a table, you get a bottle, and you get a hookah. That's how it is. I got there. one question though. I got yeah. one question. I, I'm a little bit familiar with the culture down there. Like, how do you I'm get so the su- lean in the hookah? I'm so surprised. Yo, a Latin looking ass. No, yo, that's like three fourths cow dead. You don't, you don't have a. I'm surprised you're not smoking hookah right now. Dude. What the fuck? I'm so, uh, uh, so surprised you're familiar with hookah. It tried to put in a fucking language. I am 100% black. Every black person don't have fucking Nigerian ass hair like this nigga sitting across from me right now. <laughs> Speaking of which, that was a very like. That's another like that something that they do very well on the show. Um, I, like they are right on like the the zeitgeist, kind of like the the pulse of just black just black culture in America because uh-huh. something that 
I mean, I, 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 it's weird. Like I always grew up, I went to like, you know, decent schools in Detroit or whatever. And I was always friends with Africans growing up. Didn't even know why. Yeah. I was always cool to Africans. I get mistaken. I know why. You look like them. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> and then I come down here and it's like Nigerians everywhere and they're all like promoters and Haitian niggas are promoters. And it's like, right. we've talked about this where there's this, we, I think we talked about this in the Black Panther episode where you cut like they're not black, meaning that they're not from America, their ancestors weren't slaves, but they look like us. And so right. they come over and they get the scholarships, they get the good jobs because they look right. like a diversity hire, even though they haven't had the black yep. experience. Yep. So anytime they have the opportunity to take something that we would get, they want it. But immediately they try to disassociate themselves from being a black person. It's like what Moon said. Everybody want to be a nigga, but don't nobody want to oh. be a nigga. And that's what he was saying oh. on in that in that scene with the Nigerians talking about, I know your tricks. Like this like this Negro, like this Negro right here, like this nondescript black dude, I can't figure you out, but I know your tricks. Right. Okay. For for the listeners who may have not seen the episode, so Aaron goes up to the club. It's a hookah bar. He pays like he he just he just itching to get that hundred dollar bill off. Like right. so he paid with the hundred dollar bill. They go in. The legal um, US and not a security guard. A police officer comes up to him in the club, maybe uh five minutes later, like, Were you the guy who paid with the hundred? Yeah, that was me. It was fake. Wait, no, my shit wasn't fake. His shit definitely wasn't fake. So he's like, uh, yeah, well, it was it somebody else? You're the only person who paid with a hundred. Yeah. So smash cut. Now you're looking at uh Earl looking at the hundred dollar his hundred dollar bill, like, look, the watermark's right there. The Nigerian owner of the club says, You did you just did that. <laughs> and Earl like Earl is like everybody right now. Nigga, what? Right. <laughs> what what do you mean? <laughs> So the, the owner's like, rip it up and see if it rips up. He's like, that, that doesn't even make right. sense. Like, look, you can see it's real. Right. So they kick him out the club. Which and- is so weird about this because another point of like the movie theater, 20, 20, tickets are $20 a head, concessions, easy to drop 100 How come you don't have $100 bills? You go to a club, you're paying $20 to get in that bitch. You're paying $30 for a hookah. You're paying $15 a piece for a drink. How is it that that's the only $100 bill that you have in the entire bar? Okay. To, the, to their, uh, what, a, a point for them, like, I, I don't know if it's, like, because they were definitely racist, and I don't want to give them any benefits of the doubt, but I make decent money, and I never have cash. Never. I, I strictly pay with the card. Like I, I, I know. I'm I'm lucky if I got ten dollars on. I know you make decent money. I've seen the Jordans. <laughs> you don't have I to have keep multiple Jordans. I don't have one pair of Jordans. I have multiple <laughs> pair of Jordans. <laughs> I know. You don't have to keep flaunting your affluence at me. I know you have Jordans. I know. I know you gotta make decent money. But 
that was weird to call that racist, but that was racist because here's this Haitian guy or Nigerian or whatever against this black guy. That happens down here. That shit was happening mm. to me at General Mills in goddamn Minneapolis, man. Damn. At my internship, these Nigerian ass niggas that came over getting these scholarships and shit shunning me and shit. That shit <laughs> happens, man. All the time. Like this dichotomy between black dudes and Africans and shit. All right, dog. All right. Serious question, though. Like, <clears throat> did you try, like, um, not being a bitch, though? No. <laughs> see, like, if you had tried that, like, see, this is an incomplete study. Like, if you had tried not being a bitch, like, then maybe we could get, like, a better understanding of it. But, yeah. You just look like a whole-ass Chaldean instigator right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, ain't no Carol Diaz is dark. I'm dark skin. I'm dark skin. You like beautiful. a Bangladesh ass nigga, like one of them super black ass niggas from one of the Middle Eastern countries. That's what your ass is, nigga. Fuck, we're here like that, nigga. Get the fuck out of here, man. That goddamn Justin Timberlake here with your black ass. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I think you're just jealous because I got here and shit, man. Hey, nigga, I got here. Back. I, I I don't see no hair in your snapback. Oh, it's just a point. <laughs> hey, she received like a motherfucker. Angle, man. Hey, it's a recession, <laughs> but hey, man, I'm an economist. I can turn this. <laughs> I like that. But all right, so yeah, so we so next scene, you know, there. So you know, and then back to the the studio where again we were talking about. To my point, Clark County. This nigga got it made, man. This nigga's getting Reebok deals and stuff. But like you said, there is a need. He wants the street cred, you know, um, paper boys like a T Grizzly type of guy who kind of came from right. nothing, his hood phenomenon, make it happen. But then now we go to the strip club. And the strip club, something that we're very familiar with. Hell, we had a strip club on the corner of the block we grew up on and shit. So, but. Damn, we did. But this whole notion Bro. of like, yeah, like I, oh, I wait, never wait, spent wait. that kind of money at no strip club. Like the whole, the way it's done in Atlanta is on a whole different level. All right, Paul, like was you, I, I'm not sure if you was with us. No, you was like, you, nigga, you was, when me and Dental was working at Comerica Park, you was working at Comerica Park too. I got y'all that job, nigga. I was in the you front got, office, yes, nigga. You, uh, like, and, and you know what? Props to you. Like, I, I can't even take that. You got us in that motherfucker yeah. at Comerica Park and shit. Yeah, but nigga, you I've been the plug. We I've been the plug. Really, I'm the plug. Really, I'm the plug. Really, I'm the plug. Really, I'm the plug. None of us are working at Comerica Park now. You were not the plug. <laughs> nigga, were, I was the you plug got, back then. Nigga, you got us a summer job. Like, yeah. that, that, don't overstate it. Just say, yeah, nigga, yeah, I got y'all in. I was the plug. And you know what? I'm not even sure you got us in. It was a million <laughs> they were hiring. <laughs> you just happened to be working there. But I remember that was the time we had just got our check and shit. Me and Dipta, we was probably 17 years old. Yeah. Strip club right on the corner of the street, like right on our block and the main block. Too young to get in that bitch. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't no security because it was like a hole in the wall, right. like three hundred square foot strip club. It's a dive bar walked, strip club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We walked in that motherfucker. Ain't nobody asked us shit. We sat down and 
We was just looking at titties, and that was the best moment of our entire life. That shit lasted <laughs> like 10 it, minutes. We got a job. We hit a strip club. We, yeah, yeah, we grow. Like, nigga, I got a job. I'm sure you can't tell me shit. <laughs> we was in that bitch for like 10 minutes before they put us out. <laughs> All because of me. I got y'all those jobs, man. If it wasn't for those jobs, y'all would have had the confidence to walk up in that bitch like that. I gave y'all the confidence of gain for employment. Really on the plug, really on the plug. Really on the plug, really on the plug. You can't buy that shit, nigga. You can't put I can't a price argue with you. I can't that, argue. You might have got that one. You might have got that shit. one. You might as well call me your daddy, man. Conversion of thought brought to you by Converse. Hell really yeah, lose the plug. I'm the big homie. I'm the big homie now, nigga. I'm the big homie. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to go that far. I'm the big homie, man. Fuck out of here, nigga. I'm not 35, uh, man. Yes, I've been the big homie, man. You were never the big homie. Bro, let's, oh, oh, okay, so anyway, so they, they get in there, he show them the little shit, and they still put him out. But when the police are taking him out, they tell him, like, yeah, bro, we know this shit is real. I don't know why the owner tripping, but, hey, we got to put you out. Then the owner catch him, like, hey, 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 you came in, though. You owe me $20. And I'm like, nigga, really? See, at that point, you would have had to take me to jail. Yeah. And I would have went to court and proved my shit was legit. And I, I'd have hit that nigga in the face. But That's why he I'm did. glad. Like, I, I, like, I'm happy to be married. Like, we go out. But when we go out, it's like people we know that run the clubs and DJs and stuff. Because right. I, 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 that's, that's the life of dealing with that bullshit, man. Like, if you're not a known person, they fuck, try to fuck you over, man. So... But um, yeah. Now let's talk about the strip club, man. Let's get to that scene and, and, and how they demystify the whole strip club experience and how it is like such a. It's like a. It's like imagine like it, like to Don, to Donald Glover's point. Like I, I believe that to be successful in life, you have to be convicted. You have to be confirmed in what you are and what you're trying to do. And I see curb your enthusiasm all throughout that strip club scene. <laughs> mm. You want you want to kick it off? Uh I don't know that I did. Like so in the strip club like All right, the first thing I noticed was they sat down. They said, "Okay, you know you got the booth cuz he went big. He got a booth." Mhm. Your booth comes with a bottle. Mhm. What you want? He ordered, he tell him what he want, blah, blah, blah. Then he's like, uh, okay, let me go get some singles. So I can throw some singles. We got a hundred. There's an that important part that you miss about the order. So, like, which we, you know, and, and this will be a callback for our next episode. But he says, like, the you know, the jail niggas say, y'all got some Hennessy Black. And then, and then, um, Er says, uh, Van doesn't drink Hennessy. I'll take some tequila. And then, and then, the, and then the prison niggas say, oh, I'm gonna drink anything you get, nigga. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> I'm a drink anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> and, and, and like, 
again, like like I say, like I am definitely of of our of our group. If if you know side nigga next did this paper boy, you're Darius and I'm Earn because that's me in a strip club, like. I'm the type of guy that I I don't spend money in a strip. I'm not going to like if I if I would tip a girl, I'm gonna tip her one or two dollars. Like I'm not going to go and like that would be me doing it big. Let me get two hundred singles. Let me get a boot because that's some shit I would never normally do. Whereas your ass, first time you get a fucking job, you buying bottles in that bitch. You're gonna be broke on Tuesday. Okay, yeah. But, but, see, that's what you do. You you project you project your insecurities on other people to make to build yourself up, but it, it's not reality. Like, I'm also not a fucking strip club. I'm not tipping a bitch shit. Like, they, no, you're not getting any of my money. If I spend money in the strip club, it's going to be on the drink. And I'm not buying a drink at a strip club because it's more expensive than the drink that I got in my car. So I, 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 I'm going to get where I need to be in my car. I might buy food. You know, lamb chops, they got some fire-ass lamb chops nowadays. I, I fuss with their lamb chops. All right. I go to the strip club, I'm buying lamb chops and I'm eating. <laughs> okay. Well, well played. For, I did try yeah, to Okay. Them. Well played. Yeah, well, well, whatever, whatever. So, <laughs> the thing, though, like... <laughs> go ahead, go they, ahead. They, they, he, he, went no, to the, uh, he, he went to the bar, he like, let me get 101. They didn't give him 101. You can't get a hundred one. The minimum is two hundred dollars. Twenty percent surcharge. You, if you want one, you have to have two hundred dollars, and they're charging you twenty percent to get those dollars. So, you get a, so to get a hundred ones, you got to pay two hundred, and you only get one hundred and sixty ones. Correct. That and that's one of the reasons I never fucked with. Well. No, like I, I don't think that's a thing in all strip clubs. I, I like yeah, that, that's what that I was wondering. Be. Like I've never, I've never wanted to do that. I find that so stupid. Making it rain and doing that. Why am I doing this? This is stupid. I would never do that. So I, I was going to ask you, is that a policy? Because that's not something I've ever experienced. And I, I'm down here with V Live and all that kind of stuff, man. This is like one of oh, those shit. Okay. kind of havens down here. I was not even planning on getting into this, and I never, I didn't think about this ahead of time, but strip clubs, you got to understand, like, when you at the main strip clubs, when you at a strip club, that the niggas with money go there, it's not about the women. Like, the women right. are obsolete. Yeah. They might as well not even be there. Yeah. It becomes a who has more money type of affair. To like, that point, I got to throw that money up. Say what? So, yeah, so when, when you so, throw that money up, you're not throwing the money to the woman. Like, you could throw, you could go get a hundred singles. Like, you give a hundred dollar bill, get a hundred singles, go to the stage, throw that bitch up in the stage. So, when you throw that shit up on the stage, you're not throwing it to the woman, you throwing it at the nigga on the other side of the right, stage. It's right, exactly. Thing. It's like on some paid in full type of Rico shit. Like this is some shit Rico to be throwing money in a strip club. Exactly. To that point. So I remember going, uh, we went to Miami for a wedding and we went to King of Diamonds. Um, there was an amateur night or something. So this one, this, 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 this fat lady got naked. Diddy was there. So Diddy, French Montana was there. And he brought Diddy out and like- the fat lady. 
he brought out a big ass <laughs> fucking plastic thing of like it had been like I don't know how much it was like twenty thousand dollars and it, and he gave it to her. They're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh we gave what? her that money, but he didn't give her that money. It was all for <laughs> show. That money was for King of Diamonds, so all the strippers. So this lady got naked for nothing. All these strippers collected all that money. So like you said, uh... it's all it's 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 basically a casino. You go to a strip yeah. club, it's a casino where you don't win yep. money. Mm-hmm. You win the affection of, of cinnamon for like two minutes. That that that's what you win at a casino. I mean at a strip but, club. But if you got enough money, you actually fuck cinnamon. So it, it it's more like a brothel. Yeah. It, it it could be it could be a casino where you don't win or it could be a brothel. Or things like that. But yeah, I, I like the way, I mean, you know, we don't really have to belabor the scene too much, but I like the way he demystified, kind of took the air out the ball a little bit about uh, just the way, you know, the, the policies are. Like when he yep. thought he, they're waiting for their bottle and she's like, oh, we're waiting for you to buy a, buy a bottle. So you have to buy a bottle to um, get your free bottle. Right. No, no, no. There was no free bottle. When your booth comes with a bottle, that means you have to buy a buy bottle. A bottle it, right. it comes with a bottle you have to buy. Right. <laughs> but, so look, so and he's doing all this shit and he's feeling it. And he he he's not having a good time anymore because he's like, there's some bullshit. And he's talking to fucking his cousin. He's talking to Paperboy. He's like, Bro, I thought you said once I get the money, I'm, I'm going to be the man and I can stun on it. He's like, nigga, look at you. You can't stun on nobody. Money it's isn't, m- money is an idea. The the reason, the same reason a fucking dope boy can walk up and spend that $100 bill is the same reason a white person can walk in the bank and get a loan. Mm-hmm. They have that. You don't have the look of either. You in the middle, so you left out, and that's who he. That's who this whole series is talking to. Yeah. That left out demographic. Yep. But even further to that shit, that money is a fucking idea. It's some shit that we're well versed in. Like we fuck with the 40, 48 laws of power. Like if you don't read the forty eight laws of power, if you haven't heard of the forty eight laws of power. Go get that shit. Robert Greene is the author. It'll change your life. But 34 Savage. The 34th law of the 48th law. Scholar, baby. 34 Savage. Ah, you heard it first. That is our brand. Act like a king. Get treated like a king. Paperboard told him. You gotta act like you better than people, and they treat you as such. And that—that's that, the truest shit. And it's in this show, like act, it's in this show. It's a throwaway line, but that shit is real shit. Like that's why I like this show. No, that's why I love this show because they have shit like that in there. Yeah, very well illustrated. I was going to allude to. Um... Stringer Bell's, uh, not Stringer Bell, uh, Avon Barksdale's quote uh, to Stringer Bell in uh, season three of The Wire when he referred to uh, Stringer Bell as a man without a country. Hard, not hard enough to be 
uh, in the streets in Baltimore and maybe not smart enough to handle like the business, uh, like uh, in the mean all that kind of stuff he was trying to do with um, with uh, with the business side of things, getting into politics and flipping the money, like this kind of. You're you're stuck in between. You're left out, like you said. Like you don't fit into any particular demographic. Like you're not too hood. You're not hood enough, and you don't fit that mainstream kind of cookie cutter uh, aesthetic that's needed uh, in society or whatever. So yeah, to that point. Um, and now let's talk about Michael Vick, man. Because nigga, was you just trying to hold me when I walked off? No, nah, what are you talking about? Oh, okay. How so? Houseway. I don't know. I I, I hear you. Like I I had to run and dump something. Yeah, I thought you were trying to hold me. I thought I heard you playing some slick shit in the background, but I might may be mistaken. Hey, I'm silky. It's all slick shit. Anyway, let's wrap it up Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Yeah, like the first thing that I thought about about the Michael Vick thing was like, remember there was like this little bit of controversy around Michael Vick because they were talking about how, oh, he a cool because he went on Fox Sports and he was trying to give advice to Colin Kaepernick, telling him to cut his head and act a certain way, and like I'm like. Michael Vick don't have the capacity to be a cool man. That's too, too real of a nigga. Like, he was just probably just trying to get his nigga advice, man. This nigga does I mean, you... Nigga, Michael Vick... Listen, Michael Vick has been... You gotta understand, Michael Vick is this guy who probably since he was like maybe six, seven years old has been able to run a football very fast and score touchdowns <laughs> in, a, in a land where that is very God, which means that he has not had to do anything but do that. He ain't had to read no books. He ain't had to know Marcus Garvey. He ain't got to know no politics. He ain't got to do nothing. All he know is, hey, football. And hey, hey, Colin Kaepernick, I don't know what the fuck with this shit, but nigga, man, like, you got that big-ass afro and shit. Nigga, cut your hair, man. You trying to get a job? That's all he was doing. That was not no cool shit. That's okay, the perspective let me you, I see. Let me tell you why you're wrong. So, Michael Vick all right, I'm going to let you ride with the. He doesn't know shit. All he does is play football. That's not what I'm saying. That is the most racist shit I've uh, ever heard. Yeah, like, it's racist. It, That's but you job. Sambo in the band, though, so I expect that from you. So. <laughs> Sambo in the band, though. Fuck you, nigga. So, he's a nothing-ass nigga who can just run fast Sambo with a ball in his hand. Okay, yeah. He don't know shit about shit. He gets to the point where He's a well-established quarterback in the NFL, and he goes to prison for fighting dogs. He goes to prison for some bullshit. In my eyes, that was some bullshit. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. In my eyes, that's some bullshit. You go to prison for some bullshit, and you come back, and you get back in the NFL. I'm applauding you. Like, good good shit, my nigga. But, but, when you equate your experience for getting convicted of a felony, going to prison for a year and try to say, oh, well, when I did that, I did this. So this is what he should do. When right. He didn't break any crimes. He didn't commit any felonies. He just said, 
maybe police shouldn't shoot black people when they don't have guns and aren't breaking laws. Hey, he said that. So it was advice. Mike, Listen, wait, it let me was finish. advice. Let me said, hey, if, if I could do all that hey, heavy hey, shit, hey, have felonies, yo, yo, and all I gotta do is yo. cut my hair, nigga, all you gotta do is cut your hair, you be straight. That's what he was saying. That's what he was saying. So, so, like I was saying, Michael Vick got convicted of a felony, went to prison for like a year, got out of prison, came back, joined the NFL, then became like a sports personality. So he says, oh, this guy said, police shouldn't shoot unarmed black people and get away with it. And he said, oh, they're not hiring you because you said that. Maybe you should do what I did when I caught a fucking felony and sat out for a year. Yes. That doesn't make him a coon. He was just giving advice. That's what I'm saying. So his advice was equating what he did to get back because he was in a hole. Like, he was at the top of his game. He did his shit. He got in a hole. So he's equating saying black people were shouldn't get shot by the police by being unarmed well, while being unarmed with getting caught with a felony and going to prison. Okay. You keep saying the same thing over and over again. Listen to what I'm saying. So Michael Vick was a great player. He was on the cover of Madden. Everybody loved him. He fought dogs, which is a common thing that happens. It was poor racism bullshit that he went to jail for. It was a wrong Some bullshit. Thing. It was a felony. But he was able to get back in the NFL. Yes, All he was. he was doing, like I said, Michael Vick can be a bit tone deaf on his stuff because he was anointed by the football guys. He ain't after that be all complete contemplative and stuff about this shit. He is basically Ford Mayweather with a football in his hand. Let me finish. So when he is sitting up here giving him an advice saying cut your hair and get back in, you didn't do nearly as bad as what I did. You just had a political viewpoint, but you're really good at football, but your image is fucked up right now. Cut your hair and you back in this bitch. There is nothing Nothing coonish about that. That's just him giving advice. So, but the point you're missing is Michael Vick isn't some football god. Everybody in the NFL has been anointed by God to be in the NFL. They're the best of the best of the best of the best. So Colin Kaepernick is also that motherfucker. And he would never tell a nigga to... Man, right, maybe if you right. cut your yeah. hair. <laughs> Let's move on because you, you're not getting my point. Like, we're just at an I impasse. I get your point. We're at an impasse here. Let's just talk about him in the context of this episode because you pissing me off right now with your bullshit because you don't give what the fuck I'm saying. He does not I, have to be goddamn T'Challa, nigga. He played no, football, he okay? And he gave Colin Kaepernick advice. You are not about to sit up here and tell me that Michael Vick is a fucking cool. I hate that shit about black people. Sitting up here trying to fucking stigmatize motherfuckers because they make one statement, not seeing their viewpoint at all, being on some Umar Johnson Hotep bullshit. I don't like it. So fuck you for being like that. You're not going to sit up here and say Michael Vick is a fucking cool. You're not going to do that. Okay, so... Fuck you for saying I'm Umar Johnson because I'm nowhere yes, near that I'm level of fucking hotel. Yes, you are. I'm nowhere near. Is Magic Douglas your uncle too? 
Is Frederick Douglass your uncle too? God damn. Okay. Are, are you saying, do you want to say anything else before I start talking? Go, sure? go. Are you, are you sure? Because like, when, once I start talking, I don't want you to start talking you again. Sound like you sure? bitch right now. You're pissing me off. <laughs> go ahead. No. No, you're the bitch who's all in your emotions and can't have a rational conversation. But let me you're show you why you're the bitch. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I'm going to stop. Go ahead, continue. You're not Go having ahead, a finish. rational like conversation. Because you're sitting up here saying, because Michael Vick doesn't have the same hey, wait, fucking wait, hold political on, hold on, hold on. theory hold on, hold on, hold on. and thought as Colin Kaepernick that he's a cool. He's talking about in the context of getting a fucking football job and what he did to get back after being a fucking felon. Giving advice on air to him about Bro, that does not can, make him a Can cool. I talk? Can you I just talk? told me to say my point and then you would say yours. What the fuck do you want? You pissing me off, nigga. With this bullshit. Bro, you 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 can put you 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 really being a bitch right now, and you are gonna see that when you listen back to this shit. Nah, you <laughs> like you are gonna be like, damn, I was a bitch. Nah. But look, so like when 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 I said, are you finished? That was really me saying you're interrupting me. <laughs> so let me talk like I let you talk. Bullshit. All right, Birdman, go ahead. Go ahead, Birdman. <laughs> I'm finishing. Anyway, I'm go ahead. Anyway, so what I'm saying is. Michael Vick, oh shit, we've been on this shit for so long. That's but fuck, what I'm saying, Michael man. Vick ain't said nothing to benefit Colin Kaepernick. Because if Colin Kaepernick did everything Mike Vick said, Colin Kaepernick would still be sitting on the sideline. It wasn't about his hair, it wasn't about his image, it was about his stance. His stance was what got him barred and blackballed from the NFL. So everything that Michael Vick told him, that he should do that Michael Vick might have thought in his heart like he might have really believed that if he did these things he'd get back but it wasn't true if Colin Kaepernick got a taper he still wouldn't be in the NFL <laughs> hey that's my point though I'm not saying what he was saying was right I was saying that he was right that was his perspective I wasn't saying he was a cool that's my point Okay, so you're saying he wasn't a cool, but what I'm saying is every piece of advice he told this man was wrong. He said, hey, if you do this, you will be good. Like, all you got to do is cut your hair. No, that's wrong. You're not in trouble because you have a fro. You're in trouble because you express the political belief, and you had the hair before you expressed that, and you had a job. So what I'm saying is Michael Vick, by him saying that, he's saying, oh, do what I did, and is equating it to his fucking transgressions, but it doesn't equate because he hasn't done any of that shit. So by doing that, you're saying, oh, well, doing this, you're being a fucking coon by proxy. Shut up. You don't understand what's going on, and you're speaking. No. That's not, I mean, you can go to that level of detail. It's not necessary. We're talking about the context of a damn sport and on Fox Sports, and this nigga's trying to get a job because you know NFL niggas are broke for the most part. You could be on the cover of Madden, win all these awards, 
run through all these hoops and still be broke. So, hey, this nigga just wants to work for Fox Sports, and he's right, just giving okay. them advice from that platform. That's cool. That doesn't That's cool. make him real cool. Real quick, real quick, real quick. It don't cost no money. It costs you nothing to shut the fuck up about a situation. If you a real nigga, you go like, nah, I ain't touching that shit. Let's talk about Tom Brady over here. You can get on like that. You still might make, you can get on like that. You don't have to talk about that one particular thing. Hey, you can uh, say, I'm not touching that. Go ahead. So we're saying all of this about a guy who caused all this ruckus, all this discontent, all this disarray around the election. I get you, but you didn't even fucking vote. And now we got Trump in office. So for all of that, what did Colin Kaepernick really actually fucking do? And I want to end that on that. And let's just talk about Michael Vick in the context of this episode. Because we spent way okay. too much time on that. We did. and But look, this is the beauty of Atlanta. They put Colin Kaepernick and Mike Vick in the same episode. So that generated this conversation. Yeah. We wasn't planning on having this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you're but not going to get me to say that uh, Michael Vick's a cool because I'm so tired of us in this black community. We get so and bored you go. and tired and we want to pick point fingers at motherfuckers. No. Oh, no, go ahead, man. Go See, ahead. There you go, calling me Sam. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. We spend so much time hating on each other. Talk about you not doing what we need to do in the movement. Damn, you damn, need damn, to do damn. this. You need to do that. Like, get the fuck out of here. Damn, but, <laughs> oh, y'all. I was doing your ad libs while you were talking. I, I ain't hear nothing you say. <laughs> Anyway, let, let, let's move forward. So, yeah, in conclusion, man, we're yeah, we're, yeah, we're in, in fucking conclusion. Earn tries to race Michael Vick, and like the the premise is Michael Vick is just outside of strip club racing niggas. Cause hey, what you sometimes nigga want to race? That's Dave Chappelle reference. If you don't get it, <laughs> but he's doing that shit, paying three to one odds if you beat him. That means he will pay you three dollars if you bet him one dollar. So, if he wins, he gets $1. If you win, you get three. And niggas is getting slaughtered. Six niggas have raised him when Earn walks up. And he says to Van, oh, well, six niggas have already raised him. I have the advantage. And in my mind, like, the the second he said it, I'm like, but, bro, that's Michael Vick. Like, that, that that's the fastest quarterback of all time. Like, what the fuck do you think? And... They they leave the episode off. He's on a starting line, bent over, and then it goes black, and it comes back, and they're in the limo that they rented, and he has his head down, and Van says, "That's Michael Vick, though." And to my I, point, to my point, when he's sitting up there and they're asking him about Colin Kaepernick, you're expecting Michael Vick to be Cornell motherfucking West. But it's Michael Vick, though. And I 100% respect that. And I do not expect him to be corner arrest. What I what I expect is him to shut the fuck up and say, uh, I, I don't know, whatever he's doing, that's his personal opinion. I do not share those views. You're I like black people. You expect him to be a public relations. So you expect him to be a public relations specialist. He's it's so, Michael Vick, though. So you're saying he doesn't have a PR person? That's what you're telling me. He doesn't have a PR person here telling him to stay 
X, Y, and Z? That's what you're telling me? He probably hired some white-ass PR person, man. He's trying to get that job. <laughs> what the fuck you talking about, man? <laughs> fuck you think he hired? <laughs> what the, the fuck you thinking, man? See, this is what okay. I'm talking about. The word expectation. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey sometimes you got to go low to okay, go high. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up, Sometimes man. you got to go low to go high. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's been a good episode. We will see y'all next time on Anthropopagy. Tune in, holler at us. See ya. <clears throat>